It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards Podcast. This is your host, the real Ed Oliver. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And for part two, again, I have a special guest, Brendan from Wizards of Gallery Place. Today, we're going to answer a mailbag question. And if we can get to some over-unders for the season, we'll get to that, some bet props. Um, we're going to start off this with this question from Corey Sims on Twitter. His uh, Twitter handle is Chinchilla DK. It's C H I N C H I L L A D K. He says, "What does year two look like for Wes Unsell Jr. at coach? What are three areas of improvement? What are three continue continuing strengths that this team displays from Wes coaching? Coaching and uh, Brendan, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I don't know if I have like three. I think my one would be just. Um... Like, just evaluate rotations better during a game. Like, if a guy's hot, leave him in. If a guy clearly just gets – like, if Denny gets to the game, misses two blown layups, um, air balls a three, puts his head down, okay, why are you keeping him in the game? Like, please take him out and put someone who's going to do something useful in. Uh, So just things like that. Just have a better feel for the game. Don't stick to the note cards. I know that's a popular thing with him right now. Um, You know, just have a feel for the game and execute it and make it look good. Um, other than that, I mean, it's really hard to say. Like, it could be be better offensively, but we don't know what the offense is going to look like now with, with KP, Beal. Like, who's, we have we have no idea how any of this stuff is going to look. Um, obviously, I think we all want to see continued improvement on the defensive end of the floor. So other than that, I really don't have much at this point, I guess. I mean, my main thing, again, is just, you know, have a backbone, make – Make your decisions. I want to be able to to look at wins um, in February, January, and say Wes Unsell Jr. won us those games. Um, so I just make decisions, you know. Yeah, I would. I the backbone thing definitely hit definitely hit a nerve there for sure because it's concerning. Um, the whole things that happened on the locker room. We're not going to blame everything on him, like Montrezl Harrell fighting. KCP and Denny and Davies Bertans arguing and the whole Dinwiddie thing, you know, when he left, you know, he had a lot, he had a lot of things to say. Um, but at the same time, you know, you do have to have a voice over, over the locker room. You do have to be able to police a locker room. Um, some of that stuff was on him, you know, the Clippers collapse, them being up by 35 points and him not making adjustments, as you said, not taking Dinwiddie out of the game, keeping Gafford out of the game in the second half. Um, that he didn't make any adjustments at all. He did need to bench some of the starters there because, you know, you look at what Tyron Lue did in that game. They benched, he benched the starters. And you had guys like um, Luke Kennard starts sometimes, but I mean, he looked like a freaking all star in that game. Um, same thing with some other guys it was like Jay Scrub and Amir Coffey were hitting big time shots for the Clippers against, you know, our starters, you know, some of our, our big paid guys. And, um, you know, West got out coached. That was one of the, those are one of the games that you could really pinpoint there. Um, the chemistry was a mess for sure. Um, there was reports about prisoners running the asylum. Um, so he definitely has to get a voice there. You, some, when you do listen to him talk, 
he's a calm, cool, and collected guy. You know, he's not like a rah-rah guy like a Tom Thibodeau or anything like that. But you kind of look like you look at guys like Eric Spolstro, you know, when they're yelling at Jimmy Butler or that spat that they go back and forth with. You know, we haven't I'm not saying that West needs to, you know, go out there and go on a spat like that with another player, but sometimes you have to put your foot down and um, you know, just have have more of a stronger voice being like a leader of men establishing roles. And I just don't think we got many roles established. We had a lot of guys, you know, complaining about minutes, you know, fighting for minutes in the last year, of their contracts, you know, Montrez, you know, he had that MVP run in the first 13 games, we were 10 and three. And then, you know, things fell apart. The defense, you know, the defense was disappointing too. So one thing, cause uh, Chinchilla DK said three things. One thing I would say to piggyback off, like what you said, kind of the backbone thing, having a voice over the locker room, the defense needs to improve. You know, he was a defensive-minded head coach coming from the Nuggets, and um, we finished 25th in defensive efficiency. And it, the defense didn't look much better than than Scott Brooks. Uh, unfortunately, it really didn't. Um, Josh, Hort, Josh Hart had 44 points one game. Christian Wood hit 10 threes or nine threes in one game. So mm-hmm. though, that's two of the three things. Are, is there any other things that you thought of as well? Not really, man. I just hope that they get off to a better start. Mm-hmm. offensively because at the beginning of the season it was really rocky and then in december when they decided they wanted to change their pace um, and play faster which was a good thing but then their defense tailed off mm-hmm. um, so we had the elite defense at the beginning of the season and no offense and then it kind of switched to where okay we'll give you a little bit more offense but now we're not playing any defense and that's how you get to 30 something wins every time so yeah. right yeah, I think another thing was inbound inbounds plays. That was pretty frustrating. They struggled. They oh, got yeah. a couple of five second violations. Um, you know, KCB was one of the worst inbounders. Uh, the Clippers game too. They they had a five second violation in that game. Um, yeah, and like you said, the showcasing guys. I think that was something you know that might have been out of his control. But at the same time, if that's the rotation you want, different guys than what Tommy Shepard or whoever the owner's telling you that, hey, we got to showcase Trez, we got to showcase Thomas Bryant or showcase Bertans because we want to trade these guys to get their value up instead of, you know, prioritizing winning games. You know, that's something on on Wes as well. You know, not playing Gafford. Gafford was getting a couple DNPs there. And then your guy, Sato, you know, it took them a long time to start him at point guard towards the end of the year. And then you saw how much better the offense looked when they were starting Hollow Neto. At point guard, you know, who's an undersized guy that, you know, is some, somewhat of a turntable, a turnstile on defense. So I just thought there was definitely some times where he just took a little too long to take guys out or when guys were hot, you know, he would take them out. Or as you said with Denny, you know, we'll see how he the the, the development goes with Denny um, this season. But that was some things, too. And, and the slow methodical offense is something that I wrote down too. try to switch up the pace. Um, but after that, the defense tailed off, too. So. Um, yeah, it's in, what are, what are three? So also Chinchilla says, what are three continuing strengths that this team displays from West Unsell Jr.? So before we do get to that, uh, this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. They changed their name from True Bill to Rocket Money. So why did True Bill change his name to Rocket Money? We'll tell you what we heard. Truebill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've loved about Truebill, but with a fresh look and feel. 
Start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA or download the app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. So. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, so we're going to do some over-unders here. Um, these are I didn't get these from Bet Online. I did last year, but we're going to start with some over-unders here just for the season. Some prop bets would definitely revisit these when the season uh, goes along. So the first one I have is Bradley Bill, 28 points a game. Last year, he averaged about 23, which was pretty underwhelming for Bradley Bill. Um, definitely a low since 2017. Then he had the back-to-back years averaging 30. So what what do you have for that? Uh, this, is, this is a good over-under mark for him, by the way, because this mm-hmm. is honestly a tough one to answer. Um, I am going to say under but it's not because i don't think that he can give you 30 every night but i think when you have kuzma and porzingis now factor in and these are two of the more talented players that he's been paired with in recent memory Mm -hmm. so kind of what we were hoping with dinwiddie that dinwiddie would take some of the load off brad and brad wouldn't have to do as much that's kind of the same thing i'm going with here so um, I'm going to say under, but it's not because I think Brad's going to have a bad year. I just think we have more guys that can do stuff with the basketball now. Right. I said the same thing last year. It's better for him to be under 30 points. You know, some of those every there was a stat where he scores every time he scores 40, we usually lose. We're like one in 12 or something like that when he scores over 40. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't see him getting 30 just because, like you said, Porzingis is going to get his shots up, his points. Um, you have more guys to spread the ball around where, you know, when he was scoring 30, the starting five was like Isaiah Thomas, Troy Brown Jr. And like, uh, you know, he had other guys like, uh, what was his name? Jerome Robinson was starting at some points and some other guys that, you know, might not be in the league much longer. Um, so you had hollow Neto starting, starting at like the four ish Smith. It was the three guard lineup and whatnot. Um, so that, that's a part of the reason why too, I do think he's going to shoot better though, but I, I would have him around 26, 27. I think it's better for him to, you know, be around that range rather than him putting up 30 points a night, um, you know, putting up 60 points in, in us losing. So um, next one is four assists a game. He averaged six assists this past season, which was a career high for him. He averaged three turnovers, though, and there was the times where he was playing point guard, literally playing point guard mm-hmm. the Washington Wizards last year. So what do you have on that one? I am going to go over four assists. I think that we have more talent, which naturally I think is going to open up things for other guys. Hopefully the offense is more free-flowing. I think that four assists is very easy for Brad to get this year. I think so too. Yeah. You look at the pick and roll with uh, Chris Asperzingis, pick and pop. Kyle Kuzma is a knockdown shooter. Monte Morris is a better three point shooter. 
than a lot of the guys we had last year. Same thing with Will Barton. And um, you, know, you got Corey Kispert. He should, he should be making a leap this upcoming season, too. So I, I, I think I would take the over to maybe like 4, 4.5, something like that. So uh, next one is uh, Chris S. Porzingis, 24 points per game. Um, I'm going to go over. under. Okay. Um, just if we were going based off purse 36 numbers, I mean, he'd probably clear that, but I don't know what they're going to try and keep his minutes at. I know that for the wizards, he only played about 28 minutes a game. Um, I do know that they were trying to manage him carefully coming off that injury, but I still think they should try and keep him maybe around 30 minutes or so, um, at least to start the season. So um, I am going to go under, but again, it's not because I don't think he can do it under normal circumstances, but again, with more people having the ball, we're still going to have Kuzma, um, other guys that can shoot, score a little bit. So I'm going to go under, but I still think KP will be the most efficient scorer on the team this year. Definitely. Yeah. So this past year, he averaged 22 points a game, one and a half blocks. Um, like you said, 20, about 28 minutes per game in 17 games. Uh, he did have a couple 30-point games. The one against the Pistons, he put up 30. Um, I'm going to go under slightly. The only time in his career, I'm looking at the numbers, he the only, he has he's never actually averaged 24 points a game. The all-star year that he had with the Knicks, he averaged 22.7 points a game. Um, so I'm with you on the under there. Um, he would still be really effective. Even if he puts up 23 points a game, we know he's going to have some games where he's going to go crazy for like 30 or – possibly a 40-point game or something like that. So this one, um, I'm going to knock on what about this one, this one upcoming over under 60 games played for Chris Hansford-Zingas. Um, I'm going to go under um, just because so Wizards and just kind of mm-hmm. his history in general. And I love the guy. Um, he seems right. like a wonderful personality. He's a great basketball player. I mean, he's literally – and he I don't know why he doesn't get more attention, uh, I guess because he's injured all the time. But he's really one of the most skilled fives in the game. Like, raw talent, he's up there, you know. Um, But I am going to go under for this. And, again, it's not because I dislike him or anything like that, but just you factor in everything and so Wizards, which is a big thing with us. So I'll go under. Right, yeah. It's unfortunate. That's why I knock on wood because it's like you hope. And this is the big reason why, you know, the the media or the national consensus is not high on the Wizards because – you just can't really bank on Porzingis to play over 60 games when you really need him. Um, he's been on the sideline in, in a suit looking pretty good um, over the past couple of years. So, I mean, you look at 2020, 2022 this past year, he played 51 games. 2021, he played 43. 2020, he played 57. Um, 2019, he didn't play at all. And then 2018, he played – in his all-star season, he played 48 games. So, well under 60 games, 12 games under 60. So, for the most part, he's averaged around 40 to 50 games a year. So it's, it's, it's hard to say, Oh, it's, it's being very optimistic to say over 60. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to, I'm going to speak this into existence. I'm going to say yeah. he plays, <laughs> I'm going to say he plays 65 games. I'm going to say right. 65 games. So this is my first over. Everything's been under so far, but I'm going to go over. So, um, Johnny Davis, let's transition to Johnny Davis. Okay. Um, he had a, he had an interesting summer league, uh, for the Washington wizards, but, I'm, the over-under for him, for me, is – I'm going to say 60 games played. What are your thoughts on that? There there could be DNPs involved, and there could be G League games involved. So what, what's your over-under on Johnny Davis' 60 games played? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, so the 60 you're including with G League? With with the Washington Wizards, um, the regular Washington oh, Wizards, oh, not, not the go-go. Okay, then I'm yeah. going to say under just because, I, quite frankly, I just don't see where he gets any minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. the, the backups are going to be right, Kispert, Denny, Rui, and Gafford. I mean, are you taking any of those guys out of the rotation? And even if you do, well, then you have Taj Gibson and Anthony Gill. So Johnny Davis still isn't, isn't even in order to play on the depth chart, at least for me. So I'm going to go under pretty easy. Under, right. Okay. Um. You know what? I'm gonna go over again. I do think I I understand what you what you're saying, of course, because right now he's really the third shooting guard on the death chart. If you want to say he's a shooting, I know you know um, Tommy said he was he could be he could play point guard, but I, I just did not see that in the uh, summer league uh, at all. Um, I did see some playmaking ability here and there, but um, I do think I, I think there might be a stint in the G League. I know a lot of people give me some pushback when I say that. Um, but I, I think there, there may be some, there may be a stint in the G league. Um, I think that would kind of take away the, from this, from the, uh, 60 games played or really just the 82, but I, I do think he's, I think he's going to get on the floor for his 60 games in a Washington wizard uniform. I'm going to take the over on that. So okay. G league games over under 10 games in the G league. My first over, uh, <laughs> I, I think he should spend a lot of time in the G League. And it's not that I don't think he can do things that can help the Wizards contribute because I do think there are things that he does bring to the table that some mm-hmm. of our other guards may not have. But mm-hmm. for now, just with the with the rotation being so tight, not really mm-hmm. being a whole lot of room for him to play, um, I'd rather have him in the G League than just sitting on the bench doing nothing. So I kind of hope that that's the Wizards' mindset with that as well. So I'm going to go over for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, Corey Kispert, they said that they were sizing him. Last year, Tommy Shepard was saying they were sizing him up for a G League um, for, the, for the Capital City go-go. Um, so if they were doing that for Corey Kispert, then I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing the same thing for Johnny Davis. And honestly, Corey Kispert had a better Corey Kispert's summer league wasn't great either. Mm-mm. But honestly, it was it was he 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 put up I would say better numbers and it, it was overall better than Johnny mm-hmm. Davis. And I'm not just gonna overreact from summer league. I get it. Um, kind of like the NFL preseason where it's like everybody's like, oh, it's just the preseason. You know, some people are saying, oh, it's just the summer league. He'll be better around better players like Bradley Bill and Monte Morris, Will Barton, Porzingis, etc. Uh, but I do think, like you said, it, 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 there's some things where you're looking at there's some glaring um, improvement areas. I'm not going to say weaknesses, weaknesses, but I'm going to say improvement areas where he struggled, where it, it looked hard. It looked difficult for him to get a shot off. And I think he can really work on that with the go-go where in the go-go, he'll probably put up 20 points a game and look confident. You know, same thing with Troy Brown Jr. Troy Brown Jr. was putting up big numbers in, in, the, in the go-go with the go-go. Um, we've had a couple rookies go to the go-go. I know it could be somewhat of a pride thing where you don't want your top 10 pick to play in the G League, but I don't look at it that way. There's some really good players that have played in the G League, so I wouldn't look at Jonathan Kaminga for the Warriors was playing for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Same mm-hmm. thing with Moses Moody. So it's a, it's a new day and age. It's not it's not the worst thing in the world to play in the G League. It's not like Anthony Bennett playing in the, in the G League or Hashim to beat guys like that. So I do I do think – I'm, I'm going to say under, but I would say nine. I'm very close. Okay. I'm very close to that. And we both could be wrong. And, you know, they just have, you know, Johnny Davis play just because, you know, they want to 
be correct about the pick. Not saying that they're wrong about it because I'm very happy when they – I was excited when they drafted Johnny Davis. I like the idea of him. I love the defensive intensity. I love the scoring. Uh, the mid-range game, you know, a lot of people don't like that in the NBA. It's, 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 it's a tough. He's a tough shot maker. And um, right now those shots, you know, that are tough to make, he's not going to get all those shots. You know, Bradley Bill is going to be shooting the majority of the shots. And the playing time is going to be hard for him to get. I think, like I said, I think he's really third behind Corey Kispert at the shooting guard position. Um, whether Will Barton starts or not, I, I have him. I have him third on the depth chart at the shooting guard position right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so last one here that we'll go to is um, who plays more minutes this season, uh, Rui Hachimura or Denny Abdia? I'm going to go with Denny, and mm-hmm. for the record, I think that Rui's a better basketball player. Mm-hmm. But I think when you factor in Rui's going to be on an expiring contract, um, they're going to, I think, try and lean more. We know Wes likes to, to play guys who want to play defense. So I think that naturally means he's going to lean towards Denny. And Denny was also, if you want to go based off the bench guys, led bench guys in minutes this past year. I think he was at 23 minutes or so mm-hmm. um, last season. So I'm going to go with Denny pretty I don't want to say pretty easily clearing Rui, but he it should be by like uh like three or four minutes, I would say on average. Then he then he should beat him by. Okay. Yeah, and you, you kind of got to see that towards the end of the year where they were they were both in the same minute realm, but I know they sat Kyle Kuzma, they just let all the mm-hmm. young guys play like the last five or six, seven games of the year. Um, I, I would lean towards you with Denny just because of the defense and Wes is looking for defensive minded guys, unless Rui can really Locking defensively, like he, he was better in the 2021 season after this year, you know, where he came back, he missed 40 games. So he wasn't in the best shape. I'm not going to make any excuses for Rui at all. Um, but I, I just think it's going to come down to the defensive end of this end of the uh, of, of the court or the ball. Um, I do agree with you. I think Rui's the more polished. I think he's further along than Denny uh, for sure offensively. And then Denny has him beat has really beat defensively. But, yeah, to answer the question, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Denny right now, especially for those close situations. I think they really do use him as a defensive stopper, so they're going to need him in those big-time moments. So, And there, there will be games where they're going to need Rui's offense for sure down the stretch too. So, um, But we're going to – next episode we're going to talk about part two of some more over-unders, and then we're going to talk about the young core. So I just want to thank you guys for listening and making Locked On NBA – or Locked On – which is your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on NBA. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked on Wizards on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.